Hello and welcome to the season finale of Haunted Hometowns, your weekly true crime paranormal podcast. My name is Blake Lambert Hack, and this season I will be covering deaths and hauntings in the gorgeous city of Savannah, Georgia, with a different special guest every week. This is the season two finale, so I wanted to bring on someone who knows and loves horror and general spookiness uh, the amazingly talented drag queen Clairvoyant. Hi, how's it going? Uh, How are you? Doing good. It's October. I'm staying busy, that's for sure. I'm kind of excited for a little bit of a break in November, but for the meantime, I'm really enjoying the season and the festivities. Yeah, for sure. Mm-hmm. Next weekend is, when this airs next weekend, will be Halloween, so... Oh, wait. Next week? Oh, my, wait. Next weekend is not Halloween. When this airs, it'll be... Oh, okay. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> You're like, hold on. I have too much I'm going like, on. Did I just miss a whole week? <laughs> Which could very well be possible it with could, everything. It could, honestly. <laughs> Have any exciting events coming up? Well, you were talking about you're busy, so anything yeah, specific? Yeah, um, ooh, I have a couple things. Um, if you like, um, if you like RuPaul's Drag Race, you might like Dragula, which essentially is, I like to consider it a combination of Drag Race and, um, Fear Factor, yeah. you could say. Mm-hmm. I think that's kind of a good pairing. Um, I'm going to be having uh, Dragula viewing parties at uh, Replay in Lakeview um, starting every Tuesday at 7 o'clock. That's going to be really fun. Um, what else? Um, I'm so excited. You know, now that we're we're not out of the pandemic, but we are slowing down a hair. So all of my shows are finally coming back, which yes, is really exciting. Absolutely. Um, so I have Belladonna at Splash on Wednesday, October 27th. Nice. And that's a very like witchy themed show. Um, we have some unbelievable special guests for that. And I also have Slay at Berlin Nightclub um, on Friday, October 29th. And I will be there for that. It's going to so be exciting. Excited. It's going to be really <laughs> exciting. We, we have... Um, it's been really, the only thing the pandemic really has done for me, creative-wise, um, has allowed me to, like, just sit with a whole bunch of ideas and yes. generate a whole bunch of new ones, and so I'm really kind of excited to put those into action, like, going forward. Absolutely, yeah. I agree. Mm-hmm. Well, let's get into this episode. Let's do we it. We got a lot of ghosts and um, murder to get into. <laughs> Ooh, I love murder. Let's talk about it. Let's start off with, how would you describe a ghost? How would I describe a ghost? Mm, okay. Um, well, I think, you know, I'm a very spiritual person. Um, and I think being a spiritual person, I think you kind of come to terms with the fact that you really don't know everything about the universe. You really don't know. You might have a general idea of how things function, um, but there's a lot of unanswered questions, right. which is kind of why we're here, like, talking on this podcast. Yeah. Um, so generally I would assume that like, it's almost like there's different types of ghosts and there's different types of energy and there's just, it's, it's a spectrum versus like defining a ghost as one particular thing is a little bit more difficult to do. Like, is a ghost an orb? Like, is a ghost like, um, 
more of like just some sort of like memory that like we're we're seeing is it like a living thing or has it lived before so right. i think there's like so many different ways you can like really talk about it and engage with it absolutely i agree 100%. yeah yeah do you believe in ghosts 100 percent. yeah yes <laughs> i thought so but Vana... <laughs> i mean that would be that would be pretty wild yeah <laughs> <laughs> have you visited savannah I haven't. I've heard it's, like, unbelievably historical. Yes. Um, And I can imagine with all that history, there's probably a plethora of hauntings. Oh, my God, yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah, you can't even... I probably can't even, like, cap it with my imagination. I think you love Savannah. I honestly think I would, too. Like It's it's on my list. There's, like, a tinge of uh, tourism that happens, obviously, because it's very old. Yeah. It's, yeah. But uh, I think you'd like it a lot. Probably incredibly beautiful and scenic. Yeah. And, yeah. Very gothic. Of course. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> now we're talking. <laughs> Have you... Do you watch any, like, paranormal investigative shows? Like... I used to, actually, a lot. As, like, a kid, I would watch a lot of them. Because there were... A lot of them are on, like, the Sci-Fi channel or the Travel right. Channel uh-huh. or, like, anything like that. Um, I mean, I don't have cable anymore, so <laughs> now I <laughs> Who have, does? yeah, I have everything that's on Netflix and Hulu, um, and I have Shudder as well, I love Shutter. um, but I feel like, I mean, they, they have a couple, like, um, shows about, like, hauntings and, like, retellings right. of stories, but not necessarily, like, I don't think I've seen a lot of shows about them actually going to locations and filming. Right. I think Discovery Plus is trying to do a lot of that. Okay, well, it sounds like another subscription fee. <laughs> yes, it is. I can't. Another $6 out of your pocket every month. but It sounds worth it, though. Absolutely. Well, I bring it up because the show Ghost Adventures covers the case we're going to be talking about. Ooh, okay. So we will be discussing. So it must be good. Maybe. Yes, exactly. It must be good. <laughs> if we got... A full-on Travel Channel show covering yeah, it. Yeah. Exclusive? Like, 100%. <laughs> we will be discussing the Gribble house. The Gribble. And the horrible triple murder that occurred in the house. This is already kind of giving me, like, Amityville horror vibes. I could see that, yeah. A little bit, mm-hmm. yeah. Okay. But tell me more. <laughs> <laughs> well, before we start, I want to okay. give a warning to people listening. Um, I'm going to be getting a little bit graphic so if you are uncomfortable with the description of murder and or assault i'd skip ahead to after the break uh so you can hear ghost experiences but i mean it's just triple murder you have to i mean we gotta we gotta get down and dirty exactly yep so here we go early in the morning on december 10th 1909 a woman by the name of maggie hunter answers a knocking at the front door Immediately, she is attacked by an intruder, forcing their way into the Gribble house. They beat Maggie until she blacks out by the front door. The intruder quietly closes the door and makes their way upstairs, making sure they do not disturb the others in the house. He wanders into the room of Eliza Gribble, who is reading the newspaper in her chair with her back to the door of her bedroom. The intruder sneaks up behind her, lifts the axe, and swings down, hitting Eliza in the back of the head twice. Eliza slumps forward, knocking the paper and her spectacles onto the floor. Hearing a strange noise, the third woman in the house, Eliza's daughter, Carrie Olander, walks out of a downstairs room to see what is going on. She spots Maggie passed out by the front door, 
but before she knew what was going on, the intruder attacked Carrie, striking her with the axe in the hallway. So that wow. is the situation that is that we're going to be talking about. I'm pretty... Okay, number one, I'm pretty amazed that if I had someone, like, come into, come into my house... Yeah. And knock me out unconscious... Yeah. It feels like there might be, like, an attempt at, like, a struggle at some point. Right. And if there's other people home, I feel like they might have heard. Great point. We'll talk about that a little bit later. Oh, wow. Because that's, like, part of, um, like, because nobody knows for sure exactly how it happened, but this is the best guess okay. of what happened. I mean, but this house right. would probably be fairly large. It, yeah, it, it was a decent-sized house. Okay. Absolutely. Okay. So, we're going to talk a little, about, a little bit about each woman that was okay. living in the house at the time. So... Uh, I mentioned it on other episodes, but in Savannah, a lot of the houses that I talk about are named after the first people who owned it or built it. So Liza Gribble, Gribble House. Got it. Got it. Makes House. sense. Yeah. So Liza Gribble was born in Cornwall, England, but had immigrated to Savannah with her husband just before the Civil War. And I'm not sure when or how her husband passed away, but she eventually rented the Gribble House with her daughter. So it was just the two of them living there. Carrie, her daughter, was separated from her husband, Andrew Olander, and moved back to Savannah after living in Memphis with her ex. The mother and daughter only lived in the Gribble house for a short time when Maggie Hunter began renting and living with Eliza and Carrie. Maggie Hunter was 34 years old and was in the process of leaving her husband, J.C. Hunter, who was 30 years her senior. Maggie had dreams of making it on her own as a seamstress, which is why she moved in with Eliza and Carrie only a day before the attack. Wow. Yes. <laughs> so we think it was just like some sort of scorned like ex situation. Could be. That's. Could be. Wow. Ooh, this is getting dramatic. Very. <laughs> so we have like you know it's a decent sized house. We have these three women living in this house by themselves, which is crazy for the early 1900s. Honestly, yeah. Like, that was not done. Three independent women in 1909. You know they had enemies. (laughs) Absolutely. 100%. Now, the sequence of events is obviously speculated, as we were talking about. Uh, No one knows for sure who was attacked first, and there are conflicting statements. Uh, Some say Carrie was attacked first as she was, like, protecting her mom. Okay. But generally, it's hard for me to know exactly how it went because you think no matter who is attacked first, as you were saying, you would hear it. Uh, the mom, the mom not getting out of her chair is like wild to me, unless she was asleep at the time of the attack. That makes sense. Yeah. Or she died first. So those are the two things that I'm kind of thinking. Like, even if Maggie was attacked at the front door, or if Carrie was attacked first. How was the person able to come up behind? Well, the way that you're describing it, too, it sounds like whoever whoever this person was, it sounds planned out. Right. Very planned. Yes. Like, I mean, it could be the way that you're describing it, but, like, I don't know, the fact that he, like, he knocked the door versus, like, breaking in, and the fact that he closed the door behind him and was like, I keep using him, oh my god, <laughs> maybe it was a woman, we don't know. Um, and, like, the fact that they closed the door behind them, like, very, like, quietly, it sounds like 
it was very planned out and I if it feels like they could probably sneak up on someone. Right. Potentially. Even if you don't take my word and just think about one person being able to kill three people, it has to be very it has to be planned. It has to. How are you gonna get away with that if it's all spur of the moment? Right. And there's a lot of sayings that say like if you have a gun, you can control a multitude of people. But this person has an axe. And it's not like I'm sure they didn't have axe throwing uh, parties no. like we have nowadays. You go Absolutely to the mall not. and throw axes. Also, but... all the more reason this reminds me of Amityville Horror. Yes. The axe. When you brought it up, I was like, oh, we haven't even gotten into the axe. Damn. <laughs> so yeah, I like for me, it's was the mom asleep or was she like murdered first? I, it's hard to say. Because uh, then that leads into how if she was murdered first. How did the intruder get into the house without anybody... To begin with. Right. Exactly. Um, Was the door unlocked or open? Was a window open? We don't know. So the police also believe the axe came from the woodshed behind the Gerbil house. So it was their own axe that the person grabbed. Which must mean, yeah, they knew where it was. So this is someone that knows this family. Possibly, yeah. Wild. Wild. (laughs) Uh, well, we probably will never know the order of events, but when the three women were discovered, they found Maggie was still alive. They rushed her to the hospital while the police processed the crime scene. They discovered Eliza in her chair with the gashes in the back of her head from the axe. She was 70 years old. When they checked on Carrie, it was discovered that she was, quote, assaulted or, quote, criminally assaulted. And they never really went into that, so I don't really know what that means in, like, 1909 lingo. Like, what criminally assaulted means. That could mean, like, sexual assault? It could be. Okay. Um, yeah, it could be sexual assault. It could be rape. It could be a multitude of things. They just don't go into yeah, detail about it. Yeah, makes sense. But she was murdered with an axe, having her throat sliced open. And Carrie was 36 when she died. Wow. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> This is freaky. So yeah, the mom has like had her back of her head hit twice with an axe and then her daughter had her throat sliced open from the axe. Also, I'm trying to imagine like, how do you like slice someone's throat open with an axe without cutting their head off? Right? Doesn't that seem incredibly difficult? Yeah. (laughs) It's like, I think about how heavy an axe is. Yes. Especially in 1909. It's not like the small ones, you know, they're like for chopping wood. I know, yeah. these, these are meant to cut down trees. Yes. Yeah. I want to see almost, I want to see like photos of the crime scene. Yeah, I don't even know. I didn't see any, so I don't think they exist, um, unfortunately. Also, when was when were cameras really? Like... I, don't, I don't even know. History and me do not function well together for some reason. I'll look it up in a little bit. We'll see. <laughs> but uh, by this time, all of Savannah had heard the news since the murders took place so early the papers were able to run the story for the evening release the savannah evening press wrote an article that caused a frenzy a riot erupted in savannah where people were destroying property and breaking into people's houses to find who murdered the women well see now it's interesting too because if they're like destroying property and breaking into houses it almost feels like they were probably very well known yes like these these women were 
Which also kind of makes sense, too, because they, they have enough money to, like, live in this house together. Right. Like, they must have, like, had some sort of, like, high status, like, high social status. Yeah, I think Eliza Gribble definitely had a good status in the community because I think she'd been there for a decent amount of time. In 1909, I'm sure the population of Savannah wasn't huge by any means. Um, so, yeah, I think Eliza had a good status. And then when her daughter came back, everybody knew her as well. That would make sense. Type of thing. I don't yeah. know if Maggie was as well known, but Carrie and uh, Eliza were. So, yeah. Mm. So you could say that everyone was like on a witch hunt to find who killed the three women or the two women. But it didn't take long for the story to hit national headlines. The L.A., the Los Angeles Herald reported December 11th, 1909. And excuse my language, I'm quoting here. So, quote, 150 Negroes are prisoners in the police station awaiting examination, unquote. That's from L.A. Herald. So that article spurred a mob of white men to storm the jail, thinking that like a black person was like, the preceding theory was that a black man was guilty. I mean, that's beyond disgusting. Yes. And, I mean, it, it just makes sense for the time period. Yes. Absolutely. I mean, also the fact that, like, is no one considering, like, their ex, like, in the situation, like, whatsoever? Like... Right. It feels like the ex has much more of a motive than someone you do not know. Exactly. And that's why kind of why I wanted to bring these articles, like there's another article I'll read in a second, but I wanted to bring these up just to give like a feel of what the mentality at that time was in that situation. Like everyone's first thought is like, oh, a black person did it, which is so gross, right? So like even uh, there was an article called The Progress and they reported on December 17th and the progress is based in North Carolina, but they wrote, quote, the police are proceeding on a theory that a Negro man is guilty. Many entertain this theory. Of course it's the police. Yeah. The police. <laughs> oh, yeah. It uh-huh. always comes back to the police. Always, always, <laughs> always. Uh, it's also quoted, uh, many entertain this theory and feeling is intense here because of it, unquote. But yeah, I wanted to quote some newspapers just so we had a good idea of what was going on right after the Yeah, murders. this had to be massive. Like, yes. huge. The police didn't have any leads, so the public and police immediately blamed blamed the black community. So yeah, it's uh, not good. Not okay. Not okay. And the sad thing is, though, is like, this is just one instance. Exactly. Of a multitude of instances that are actually still happening today. Right. And. uh, Yeah. I don't know. That's, That's a completely different story. It is, absolutely. When I was reading, they were saying that, like, they rounded, like, the police rounded up, I think, around 150 black people to question them to all of that. Like, it's. It makes no sense. No. No sense whatsoever. Not even a little bit. So, at the hospital, because remember, they found Maggie alive. Right. So, at the hospital, the doctors. Can you you explain really quick, Maggie? So, where was she, where was she, like, um, where was she hit with the axe? She was like beaten. Okay. So she may have been hit with like the butt end of okay. the axe, like the handle or something like that. But I don't, she was also, her neck was also cut by the axe. Ah. Yeah. But she survived versus Carrie who immediately okay. died. Yeah. Wow. So at the hospital, the doctors were able to keep Maggie alive for three days, but ultimately she did die from her wounds. 
which oh yeah was she was she like unconscious yeah when they found her she was unconscious but she woke up at the hospital for a little bit when did she have like any idea of her attacker or like anything like that we'll get into that in a second yeah (sighs) okay this is getting good so she had her skull bashed in and her neck was also sliced open as i said oh my god so yeah so before she passed away she told her minister reverend john s wilder that david taylor was the one that struck her down he had visited Maggie the day she moved into the Gribble house to bring her a sewing machine to help her get started on being a seamstress. And I don't know a better name for seamstress, maybe like needleworker. But anyway, the police were notified of the suspect, David Taylor, and they searched David's house for any evidence linking, linking him to the murders. And they were able to find a bloody rag and bloody closed, clothes David tried to hide in his fireplace. And I want to talk about, like, DNA for a quick second, because, like, DNA wasn't really a thing until, like, 1984, I believe. So, like, 1909 was the beginning of the FBI. And at the time, it was called the BOI, Bureau Investigation, but that's, like, when the FBI started was in 1909. So, kind of just, like, for references, like... 1909 is forever ago and things are just starting in the police world yeah with fingerprinting and uh dna and all that other stuff so fingerprinting wasn't even used in the united states until 1902 and it wasn't until 1905 till police departments began using them and that was only in like new york city yeah so we really don't have access to anything like that yeah but we are like I mean, how often do you go to someone's home? Maybe with the exception of my home, because I have blood, what feels like everywhere. It's fake blood, but it feels like it's everywhere. Right. But how often do you go to someone's home and just find a bloody rag? Oh, for sure. Especially like in this time period, especially with like everything that has just happened. Like, obviously, that's a huge red flag. Oh, 100%. Yeah. And. I get it like farming and stuff like that. You might have bloody rags and stuff around, but to find a bloody rag and bloody clothes in a fireplace, in a fireplace, which means that they are going to destroy the evidence. Yeah. Wow. Yep. So yeah. So I don't know how much Savannah police were using forensic techniques and stuff like that, but they were able to find these bloody items in David. Do we know how, like how David and Maggie were related? I know he brought, her the sewing machine but yeah. i feel like there's more to the story there is more to the story so on february 23rd 1910 a grand jury indicted three men for the murders of eliza carrie and maggie david taylor willie walls and john coker and they all denied any involvement in the murders of course <laughs> like they were all white men, weren't they? Yes, they were. Okay, yeah. That, that, isn't that funny that, like, I feel like it's like the police, like, brought in all of these African-American people to question them, and they're like, you know, like, um, we're just going to kind of push that aside and pretend it never happened. <laughs> yes, exactly. Don't look at all the shitty things we did and only look at the people we're bringing to trial. Yeah. The only person to actually go to trial, though, was David Taylor. And on August 17th, 1910, he was convicted of murder and sentenced to death by hanging. Sounds appropriate. Yeah, absolutely. So, who are these men? Willie Walls was the man who paid for a month of Maggie's room and board at the Gribble house. So when she left her 
husband, uh, Willie Walls, paid for her to stay at the Gerbil House for one month. When the police brought him in to question him, Willie said he was going to pay Maggie a visit that day, but he ended up not going. This sounds like... (laughs) This sounds like it could be like a sexual assault thing. Oh, yeah. 100%. Yeah, he could very well be the man that she was seeing outside of her marriage and that's oh, why yeah. he decided to pay for her to stay like i that can't think sense. of another reason why he would pay for her to stay i mean i'm not gonna be paying people's rent right like, <laughs> out of the kindness of my heart like i need to watch myself yes <laughs> uh willie was released on bond and was never brought to trial because lack of evidence I don't really know how John Coker was suspected of being involved. Um, maybe he was friends with David or Willie or something like that. I couldn't find any articles talking about how he was involved, but they did indict him. But um, all I know is that he also got off because of lack of evidence. So also, my other question too is like, why why are we assuming three people were a part of this? Right. So that's another uh, theory that we're going to get into in just a second. I keep, like, skipping ahead. No, no, no. You have great questions. Yeah, I have so many (laughs) questions. (laughs) So I just want to say, like, it's possible that Willie and John had nothing to do with the murders. Um, We just don't know because we don't, again, it's 1909. We don't have evidence. Exactly. Um, But going back, like, to the theories that we were talking about, it makes sense that three men killed the three women and it goes back to us saying, if you hear noise, why aren't you... Also, with something that planned, it's way easier to do with multiple people versus a singular person. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. And that would make sense if, like, if you're hearing something and you aren't running away or going to help or something, if three people are involved, exactly. you can't help or do yeah. anything. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So it makes sense. And it might explain why an axe, it like for slicing their necks open. Maybe there was only one axe and the other two had knives or something like that. Exactly. If you're thinking it's Well, also, people. like, one person, they didn't even, they got hit with something. Right. Right? So, I mean, that it doesn't even have to be an axe. It no. could be anything. We only know that Eliza Gribble was killed with the axe because the gash is in the back of her yeah. head. So that, the one guy could have killed her with the axe. We don't know about the other two. If it was three people. But wow. again, Yeah. It also comes back uh, to the criminally assaulted thing that I was telling you about Carrie, uh, if she was sexually assaulted or whatever the case may be. Yes. Why was she the only person that was assaulted when Maggie was like the same age as her and that type of thing as well? Well, that would go back to the fact, okay, everything's clicking. (laughs) I see all the puzzle pieces coming together. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. So that also makes more sense to me if it was three people. Yeah. Like... If it's one person, why would you assault one person, not the other? That doesn't make sense. Right. Mm-hmm. But, but if you had a relationship with one of them. True. That would be all the more reason. Right. Okay. <laughs> Either way, only one person went to jail, and that was David Taylor. Okay. So a little bit about David. He served in the Civil War, but was wounded in the Battle of Atlanta. After the war, he was jailed twice, once for stealing a horse. God, this guy just sounds like a total problem. Yes. Like a total problem. <laughs> 100%. Uh, 
Like he, stole... he probably stole the sewing machine too that he gave to Maggie. <laughs> like, let's be real. Like, oh my god, yeah, he did not like, buy this that. This is not a good person. <laughs> no, not even a little. I mean, we can start with he fought in civil war for the South. Like already oh, a bad. Uh... Oh, like one hundred percent. Like, like I just need a checklist. Like, yes. let's just. <laughs> So he went to jail for stealing a horse, and then the other was for bigamy. So, yeah. Wait, okay, I'm an idiot. Can you describe bigamy to me again? No, no, no. I think think at that time, bigamy was, like, cheating on your wife. Oh, Or cheating on your spouse. Okay. Having multiple... Got it. ...partners. Yeah. Okay, well, that seems to be a common theme in this as well. Yes, absolutely. (laughs) After he was released from being jailed, he became a paper hanger and painter uh and you may be thinking if he was convicted of bigamy who was he married to right who was his partner after he was released from jail he changed his name from david taylor to jc hunter maggie hunter's ex-husband wow yeah wow so (laughs) oh my god so Maggie's hunt Maggie Hunter's ex-husband, or I guess they're still married. He just she just left him is the one that has been uh, convicted of murdering all three of them. Is now in, sitting in jail. David Taylor. Yeah, same person. Who? But he brought her the sewing machine. Yes. Okay. <clears throat> I love Maggie, <laughs> but girl, <laughs> let's look at let's look at what you got going for you here. Yes. <laughs> This does not sound like a like an outstanding individual. Not even a little bit. No. <laughs> like, I don't know. He must he must have something real good going for him, <laughs> honey. <laughs> well, I'm gonna get into some very upsetting information, so just get ready. Okay. Um, this isn't okay. like a happy I'm story. Up. <laughs> so as I mentioned earlier, JC Hunter, Maggie's hun- Maggie's husband, was thirty years older than her. So she's thirty four. Four six, so he was like sixties. Yep. Mm-hmm. Could he even pick up an axe? Good question. <laughs> he got lower back problems, and he would often refer to her as his daughter. What? Yes. But also, I feel like this is like this. This, this shit is common for this time period, right? Like older men marrying older younger, men marrying yeah. younger women. Yes. Like the daughter thing is questionable. If that's not a red flag, I don't know what is. I don't. I don't know what is. Marrying someone and then being like, "Hey, daughter," or hey, this I have is my this daughter. sexual fantasy. Can I just call you my daughter? Yes. I'm like, no. I can't understand <laughs> what else it would be. Oh <laughs> like, my god. <sighs> <laughs> this is wild. This should honestly be on like. I need like a live action remake of this story on like Bravo. Yes. Like I would watch it. I'll give it um American Crime Story. There this we, should be the next episode or next Ryan season. Murphy go to town. Yes. <laughs> Cuz this is also it, it camp. has everything. <laughs> so JC Hunter was convicted and the day before he was scheduled to hang, he was baptized by the one and only Reverend John S. Wilder. The same oh, guy. My God, that took the that took Maggie's last last uh, words that her husband killed her. Oh my God! Yes. <laughs> this is 
insane. The same day JC was baptized, he had his sentence commuted from death to life in prison. So now he won't die, he's just life in prison. Then in December 1911, 11 years later, October 27th, 1923, so almost to the day alone this will come out, uh, JC was granted a pardon by the governor, Clifford Walker. So JC returned to Savannah to live the rest of his life. Do a we free not learn? Man. Do we not learn anything? Oh, it just gets worse. It just gets... <laughs> this is not a happy ending. No, I'm sorry. The bad guy wins. Yes, yes. Oh my god. So, question is, who the hell is Clifford Walker? The one who uh, pardoned our JC Hunter. He was an attorney turned politician in Georgia. He served two terms as governor from 1923 to 1927 after winning the seat with the help of the Ku Klux Klan. He not only was a member of the KKK, but he included the racist and terrorist group in policy decisions. So fuck that man. He can burn. Yes. He can burn. Burn in hell. And I hate to end the story there, but that's all I have for that that's story. That's all I have. <laughs> wow. Yeah. So a couple of things that like were continually running through my head during this entire time. Um, we have the Reverend. Yes. Who is hard for me. Like there has to be more than one Reverend in this city. So why is he taking Maggie's statement in the hospital and then also baptizing her husband who murdered, who's convicted of murdering them? I mean, yeah, he he has such, like, an interesting, like, presence in this story because on one side you feel like this is Maggie's kind of saving grace is to, like, get the name of her killer out. Right. And to, like, expose what really happened. But on the flip side of the coin, now that he knows this information, how could he do some something like baptizing? Right. And, like, forgiving this guy for killing her? Yeah. It feels like he's almost like playing this like dual role. Yes. And so, I mean, he sounds like a con artist too. Honestly, all of these people sound terrible. Yes. Like all of them sound like, like pieces of human garbage. Yeah. It definitely is the, it sounds like the men are in this unwritten group. Yeah. It sounds like an organized. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Do you think JC Hunter a.k.a. David Taylor, killed Maggie, Eliza, and Carrie. Am I saying that he was the sole murderer versus a group of them? Well, yeah, what are your thoughts? I don't know. I think the more you the more you told me the story, the more complicated it got. Yeah. And so it sounds like it was probably a group of people versus a single person. Right. Because it sounds like there was a lot of motives for... A lot of different things. Yeah. So I'm going to say he was one of the murderers. Yeah. But I think there was multiple murderers. Yeah. In the house. I agree. Yeah. I think the initial plan, like you, we were, we've been saying this whole entire time, it's been very well planned. I think the, the plan was to kill these women who left their husbands, because how dare you do that? And never meaning to keep Maggie alive, like she was meant to die, and then blame it on 
a black person in the community as they're out. I mean, that, that sounds, that's, that's exactly what it sounds like. Yeah. Yeah. Um, the only question I have is who the three or more people who planned it was. Like for me, the Reverend sounds so sketchy. The Reverend does sound really sketchy. That like, I'm like, you have to be involved in some way. Like, well, it sounds like too, like, what was it? The governor that like ended up pardoning him. Yeah. Like, even though he wasn't actively involved in this situation. Right. It almost sounds like he too is a part of the same unit of people. Right. You know? I mean, they all could be part of the KKK. I don't know. I mean, that's kind of what I'm thinking. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I just, part of me thinks is like, when they found out that Maggie was still alive, they sent the reverend to be like, hey, go see if she knows anything type deal. And the only reason that her husband was named was maybe because there was a nurse or a doctor also in the room, you know? Could be. I mean, but they also found stuff in his, in his like apartment. But they wouldn't have even checked that if she didn't say his name. And that's why True. I'm like. True. So there has to be, there had to have been someone who heard besides the reverend. If he's involved. Yeah. Okay. That's why I'm, we're just spitballing here, but I, it's. I mean, honestly, they should just, we should be handling these situations just going forward. Yes. We're breaking things down. <laughs> <laughs> we're, we're doing it more than the police are, so. Yeah, very much. <laughs> The Gerbil House was torn down in 1944, and a warehouse slash garage now stands in its place. And you can tour the garage and perform your own paranormal investigation at this place, which is kind of fun. Which is why they went there. Yes. Did they experience any phenomena? Do we know? Yeah. Well, they said they did. Yeah. What do we know? Do we know what they experienced? The Ghost Adventures guys. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Um. A lot of, we'll save it for after the break. Okay, but okay. I don't really have tips this episode, uh, just some statements. Um, fuck racism. Uh, don't fucking murder people. You know, and politicians have no right partying people. Or they should at least have, like, it signed off by three other people before someone is pardoned. Uh, yeah, 100%. Just some kind of checks and balance. Um, but we'll be right back. We are back, and as I mentioned, the Gribble House was torn down and is now a trolley garage warehouse that you can tour. They provide equipment to investigate the ghosts, and the ghost... They provide equipment? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's like paranormal experience. They provide equipment so you can go in and investigate yourself, like, to investigate the ghosts that remain in the area. This sounds... I don't know. If they're providing the equipment, this sounds a little, like, like... Hey, give us like 20, 30 bucks and we're going to give you this voice recorder <laughs> that we've already had a dialogue on. So you too can experience paranormal phenomena. I'm not going to say you're wrong because I haven't <laughs> done it myself. <laughs> but I just wanted the listeners to know that this is... Uh, it sounds like something fun I would do on Halloween. It's an activity you can yeah. do yourself. Yes. It sounds like a fall festivity. Yes. <laughs> 
It is said that there are anywhere from 20 to 30 ghosts living in and around the garage. And 20, 30 ghosts, obviously, I think the first... Yeah, we talked with the three murders. Right. Uh, As I talked in, like, past episodes, Savannah is built on top of graves. So, okay, so... So it's, like, soldiers from Revolutionary War, Civil War... uh, There was another war that happened around Savannah. Uh, The many yellow fever outbreaks that were there like crazy shit that's happened in savannah so So it's a culmination right okay yeah that's the idea at least so yeah 20 to 30 ghosts um if you visit you will most likely hear voices and people hear like whispers and strange sounds but it's more like crystal clear answers to questions you give so, like, in the Ghost Adventures show and stuff like that, they ask some random question, and... Oh, my God. I think she just said hello, but it was, like, the most crystal clear hello they'd, like, ever heard on wow. anything. And I, like, wouldn't take that very seriously, because it is Ghost Adventures, but every other article I was reading, like, everyone says, like, they give very decisive answers when you're, like... Like, someone was asking if they were a soldier from the Civil War, and someone was, like, heard very clear yes. Or, where are you in the room? Left. Things like that. So, like, very clear answers. That's crazy. Yeah. There's also someone, like a ghost or figure, that uh, lingers in the shadows of the garage. That's me, actually. <laughs> <clears throat> I've never been to Savannah, but that was me. Yes. You just hang out in the... <laughs> I'm like, left. <laughs> <laughs> I just see you, like, behind a curtain. The... It's just me, like, smoking yep. a cigarette, like, in a chair with my legs crossed, saying, yes. <laughs> and when Ryan Murphy does this whole show for the season... I'm available. Time and dates. Claire is available <laughs> to sit in the corner with a cigarette. Yeah. In a long black. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> Hilarious. That is the camp that Ryan Murphy needs in it the show. It really is. Like, you know, like, I don't know. You've you've really taken American Horror Story down the drain hall. So I'm excited for to help you bring it back. Uh, yes, exactly. We'll do that. There Hire we us and we'll save <laughs> AHS. <laughs> Uh, this figure, though, he lingers. I say he, but it could be anybody. They linger in the shadows. They like to run through the warehouse. So it's like a running, like... It almost sounds like ghost. it could be like a little kid or something like that. Could be. Yeah. Um, we don't know because no one can get a good visual because they're in the shadows. But they see something moving really quickly through the shadows. Which is, like, creepy. Like, if I that saw it in really person, creepy. no one needs to be running. Like... <laughs> yeah not a fire there's zombie apocalypse isn't happening no one needs to be running calm down that would terrify me that 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 sounds freaky there is a woman that strolls through the garage wearing a wedding dress and she is known as the lady in white and many people have seen her in one of the she likes to hang out in one of the corners of the warehouse not the same corner. No, different corner. Different corner. <laughs> Lots of corners. Yes. You can have one corner. The running okay. figure can have another one. <laughs> and the wedding dress woman can have the third. Got it. Got yeah, it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, she's in a wedding dress. Many people have seen her walking. How beautiful. Casually. I always love the story of, like, the woman in white. 
Yes. Because it is everywhere. Yes. And it has so many different iterations. Yeah. And it, there's something, like, so, like, beautiful and, like, poetic about it. Yeah, absolutely. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I do... Poetic is, is the best way of putting it. I have thought about doing, like, a whole season about women, women in white. white. Ooh, that would <laughs> be Which could beautiful. be interesting. Because, like you said, they are everywhere. Mm-hmm. Like, every city has their I've own. I've heard them, on, like, on highways, like, yeah. in graveyards, like, in haunted houses. Like, they're everywhere. Yeah. Yeah, and it's an interesting thing to talk about, like, why they appear as women in white. Why? Like, why are they appearing in white dresses? Right, exactly. exactly. Interesting. Um, the room in the garage that has the most activity has ghosts yelling at you to get out. Like, it's a common thing where you'll walk into this room and they'll scream at you to get out, leave, run away, like, get away and you can like it's not appearing is it appearing on like audio recordings or is it appearing like is it like both both in the moment yeah yeah, yeah. wow in the moment and then in uh yeah the ef yeah i don't even remember called. what the word for that yeah, yeah, yeah. Is. yeah um but it happens all the time like it's just like get the hell out that's crazy yeah i don't need again i don't need anybody yelling at me when i'm like peacefully walking through a garage you can, like, tap me on the shoulder and be like, hey, you should leave, but you don't go. yell at me. I'm like, okay. <laughs> That's a little Let's aggressive. Cool it. <laughs> uh, on Ghost Adventures, uh, they have a, I believe he's a Savannah native. Um, he's black, and he says anytime he's in the garage, he gets, like, the N-word shouted at him. Like, wow, it's happened more than once. Wow. Which is... It's probably um, our friend David Taylor. You know what? I agree with you. I bet it is. There you go. You'll also feel someone touching you or playing with your hair. Those are all like those are two big things too. So just Ooh, I'm getting the hand on you or like yeah. (laughs) My apartment building has a lot of ghosts. They're all over the place. Was that the elevator that you were talking about? It was about? the elevator, Okay. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I knew it would come into play, and I was like, I'm waiting for it. It's so funny, because an or- early episode this season, I think it was the second episode, I was in uh, this couple's garage that they were turn- in the process of turning into a sound studio, because they're yeah. musicians. And just in the middle of us talking, something like slid out of nowhere, and we had been talking for over an hour, so then all of a sudden it just slid, and we all were like, <laughs> no. Wild. <laughs> so yeah, that just, it's happened more than once when I've been recording these things. It's just strange sounds happening, but. <laughs> They're following you. You know what? I'm okay with that. <laughs> Like, again, as long as they're not aggressive towards me, I'm fine with it. We they're... can share a space. Um, yeah, a lot of uh, people being touched. Um, and uh, there are some people who have left with like scratches on their bodies. See, that is freaky to me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <clears throat> That's when it starts getting a little bit too visceral. Yeah. Yeah. It starts going a little more like demon. Yeah, that sounds... If you believe in that, yeah. Yeah. Versus well, like I, ghost. Well, I don't know if I believe in like demons per se. I believe in like negative and positive energies right. and entities. Yeah. Yeah. And you know, like there's really powerful positive entities and there's really powerful negative entities. Right. And sometimes they can make things 
physically manifest like scratches yeah. or like touching or like literally voices you know yeah yeah a couple episodes ago i mentioned an elderly woman being slapped by something where she had like a full-on like bruise after wow. from getting slapped and the tour guide like watched her flinch while he was giving the tour and didn't see anybody or she wasn't standing by anything so this is like that kind of thing like walking out of a garage and finding scratches randomly on your body like that's disturbing yes absolutely Mm -hmm. uh there's a lot of stories of soldiers hanging like uh dead soldiers hanging around the area and maybe they died in the area or were buried we don't Mm -hmm. know but soldiers are very prevalent there as well yeah it makes sense um would you visit Oh, 100%. 100%. Yeah. In fact, I just took, um, on Tuesday, I just took a little trip to Baltrose Grove Cemetery. Oh, okay. Yeah, which was, like, my actually my first time there. We obviously went at night. Yeah. We're not supposed to go at night, but we went at <laughs> night. Um, we didn't really experience anything. We uh, heard, like, a lot of, like, little noises, but it's also outside. You have a lot of wildlife. Right. But um, it was it was oddly, like really really just calm it was right. a very calm place I, I, that's kind of why i also like really like cemeteries yeah because it just feels very peaceful generally yeah but no i'm anything haunted sign me <laughs> up baby my family is big or i should say my mom's side of the family is big on visiting cemeteries just for fun yeah i love doing and it just roaming so i've been to many cemeteries usually it's like oh one of my favorite authors is buried in this cemetery let's go find her grave and it's like okay cool when i was visiting baltimore last year i was like i'm gonna go see edgar Allan post's grave that would be amazing and it's this tiny little cemetery next to this uh what used to be a church and it's in the middle of like downtown baltimore it's like wild but yeah i go all what the was time the, what was the tombstone like it was, like, really old. It wasn't anything extravagant, because, again, he didn't have a lot of money when he was alive. So it was just, like, your basic tombstone. Okay. But uh, that graveyard was also kind of creepy, because it's very... It's so old that a lot of the... it's You know, they're not nice and neat looking. It's, like, yeah. very uneven ground yeah there's things that are broken right you can't read half of them like sometimes like when you think you're like you're you're walking through you're actually just on bodies yes tombstones have receded into the ground yeah yeah um first season i talked about resurrection mary with chloe and i'm dying to go to that cemetery i would love to go there um and it's not far let's plan a from day. the city let's and so we gotta drive because apparently <laughs> you can pick her up right you can pick mary up and she'll get in your car and type of thing we yeah from like off the highway yeah right? it's like a yeah it's kind of like a it's not a highway but it's like a major road in the area okay but the cemetery is huge and then it's butt up to another cemetery so it's like you're just driving forever along a cemetery <laughs> That's crazy. Yeah. So I definitely want to go. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, we're actually... My apartment building is um, right behind... Yes. Yeah, it's right behind... Um, why am I blinking? Oh, my goodness. Graceland. Graceland Cemetery, which is one of the biggest ones in Chicago. It's actually stunning. Yeah. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of stories uh, within that cemetery as well. Like, there's a... 
this girl statue that apparently when it's raining, yeah, it disappears. It disappears. disappears. <laughs> mm-hmm. There's a huge pond inside of it that you can go visit with like a little island. Yeah. Um, and he was the architect of Graceland Cemetery. There's just so many really cool people that are buried there. Yeah. I used to live by Rose Hill and I never went to that one either, but the entrance is so beautiful and I want to go. I've never seen that. So we'll have to go. Yeah, for sure. Would you spend the night in a haunted house? Like, if Gerbil House is still around, would you spend the night in Am Gerbil I alone? House? Is it just me? Um, it doesn't have to be. You could bring friends. Oh, if, if I can bring friends, 100%. But you wouldn't do it alone? Um, I think it depends. I think it depends on probably a couple factors. Yeah. I think it depends, like, if it's this house in particular. Right. I'm going to probably ixnay the house, eh? Yeah. Um, I would 100% visit. I'll visit at night. Yeah. I'll spend the night with friends. But I think there's just certain moments where I'm like, mm, that might be a little bit, like, too much for me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 I talk about this as well a lot on this podcast, but, like, they never found justice with their murders. Like, mm-hmm. yeah, he was arrested, but only served, like, 11 years in jail and then was pardoned. So there really was no justice for their murders. And so I think that plays a big part in hauntings and negative exactly. energy and stuff like that. 100%. And sometimes, you know, <clears throat> like the veil in general is so thin. And so once you start, I was listening to your discussion on Ouija boards. Right. Right. And the veil is so thin. And so once you start um, attempting to communicate or start engaging with something on the other side, you're not only letting in all of the good stuff you're letting in all of the negative stuff right too. It's, mm-hmm. you can't really pick and choose right yeah mm-hmm. i agree there's a i think i talked about this on an earlier episode but i want to go so badly uh alton illinois it's like alton. really close to st louis okay um it's a small town and there's supposedly one of the most haunted houses in the united states in alton and I think you can spend the night in the house. And I'm what? dying to do it. I Okay, I'll go. Let's do it. <laughs> Maybe let's research it. We'll research then, it first. And, and then, then we'll go. And then we'll go. <laughs> and we'll bring like five other people that come with yeah, us. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That sounds yeah, great. That sounds absolutely. great. Absolutely. Do you have any of your own haunted ex- or paranormal experiences? Yeah. Ghost stories? So um, my family actually has a plethora of stories um my mom has had some experiences my dad has um my brother has a ton of experiences my sister has a couple here and there um and i think um i don't know again i'm very spiritual and sometimes i think certain people are like um you could say like paranormal magnets there's something about them that just draws in that type of energy and draws in those experiences in their life yeah you're probably a paranormal magnet (laughs) especially if you're recording these podcasts you know some things happen here and there it just could be a little like could be a little hello right like from now and then um but Growing up as a kid, um, I, I had, um, I, I was in my room and my bed was against a wall and on the opposite wall, um, I had my, my dresser and then next to it, I had a closet and I had a brother and sister and 
basically I was the lucky one because I got the walk-in closet. <laughs> Everyone wanted the walk-in closet, but they gave the closet to me. I was the youngest, the most, the most precious. Um, <laughs> And so I don't remember how old I was. I was probably about like six to eight, somewhere in that world. Um, and I don't even remember how I got this, but I had a a life-size Elmo doll. Oh my God. It was, it was life-size. It was, it, honestly, I think it might have been, if you, if you like stood it up, it was probably a little bit taller than me. Um, to give you an idea, his eyes were the size of tennis balls. That's huge. It's a huge, huge Elmo. And these, these, these eyes, they're, they were like tennis balls, but they were like, um, they were like really hard plastic. And so what was important about that is because any little light that hit him, the eyes would reflect on. They'd bounce off on. I hate that. <laughs> yeah. So... As, as a little kid, I would like, I would sit in bed and I would sit up and I'd look across my room and my mom always insisted on keeping the closet door open so the air could circulate throughout the house. Right. And I just looked to the back of the closet and there was my life-size Elmo um, sitting there and staring at me. And I remember vividly that like I would have conversations with this Elmo and it wasn't like the doll was like physically moving or physically talking, but it was almost like as if like I was determining that it was coming from the doll and I was hearing like what the doll was saying to me, like in my head. And, but like then I would naturally like as a little kid, I would, I would speak to it like verbally. Right. And so my mom started picking up on this pattern and it would only happen at night um, and she would start picking up on it and, um, she kind of just, you know, really chalked it up to, um, an overactive imagination, you know, right. it's, it's the exact same storyline as in a bunch of horror movies where kids have an imaginary friend or right. something like that. Um, and so eventually, you know, like, um, everything kind of stopped and it stopped and, you know, I, I grew up. Um, and it was never a big issue. And so roughly two years ago, um, I'm with my family and with my brother and my sister, my mom, my dad, my niece and nephew, my grandparents, and it's Christmas time. And we're just like, you know, we're chit chatting and we're talking. And my mom gets on the fact that I was talking to this stuffed Elmo. And she's like, I want to apologize to you because... She's like, I think I should have taken that way more seriously because when when you experience that, like, we were all kind of experiencing things in in the house, um, and we really weren't like talking about them and engaging with them. We were kind of just handling them individually. Yeah. And she's like, and you were kind of experiencing this, and I kind of chalked it up to an over overactive imagination. But she's like, I really do think it was more than that. And so I'm like, wow, I'm like. Thanks for letting me know. That is like so common in horror movies. Like everybody experiences their own thing and then never communicates it. Never communicates it. And that's when it becomes more of a problem. When it becomes, yeah, exactly. Yeah. But um, the story gets better. Okay. It gets better. <laughs> um, so we're having this conversation and my brother, who again has experienced a plethora of things, 
he's like, wait, 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 wait. He's like, hold the phone. He's like, what happened? And so I reiterated everything that I told him before. Right. Um, and he goes, that is weird. And I'm like, what? And he goes, there was this one night when, um, I woke up in the middle of the night and he's like, I heard this, like, this, like, pacing in front of my door. It sounded like an animal, like, almost like a... And we had a dog at the time. Yeah. She was a Sheltie. Um, and she was so old that she wouldn't, she wouldn't, wasn't able to make it up the stairs. Right. Um, and so she would sleep downstairs. Um, and it was different because downstairs we had a tile floor, so you would hear, like more like nails clicking on tile Mm -hmm. but then upstairs it was carpeted so it was a lot softer and it was a lot like like more like pitter patter right and so he woke up in the middle of the night and he thought it was somehow the dog who was able to get upstairs right and so he he gets up out of bed and he walks outside of his door and the dog is downstairs and all he sees is this like black shadow and it like darts into my room and he's like he he's like okay i'm like just waking up i'm a little bit tired right. like maybe i'm kind of seeing things and so he like follows it into my room and he like looks over to the left which was where my bed was and he sees me like sound asleep and then he like looks over again and he sees the shadow like dart right into my closet right by the elmo doll and it wasn't until he told me this that I just started realizing I was engaging with something yeah. at a very young age that I didn't really understand what it was. Oh, no, yeah. Yeah. How could you? Yeah. How that's... could you? Yeah. It's a it's a spooky story. It's a spooky story. And you said, like, everyone in your family experienced some kind of weird thing in the house that... Yeah. My mom... This was actually roughly the same time, too. My mom... Um, I was spending the night at my aunt's and my dad was on a way for business. And so my mom was the only one in the house, but the dog was still there. And so she woke up in the middle of the night and she heard the dog pacing downstairs. And so it was the whole bunch of nail clicking. It was kind of like, it was kind of like almost like a little like dog whine in a way. And she's like, ah, what do you want? What do you want? She's like, okay, you want to go outside? So she goes, she, she grabs like her slippers and like a robe and she goes downstairs. Um, And she walks all the way downstairs and she's like turning the corner about to go into the family room when all of a sudden she hears voices. And it sounds like she can't physically like make out what they're saying, but she can tell that it's like multiple people and that it's men. And it almost sounds like some sort of like business meeting or like business conversation. Okay. That's like happening in the family room. And so she's like, what the hell is going on? And the dog's like, the dog's kind of like freaking out, like like something's not right and so as soon as she crosses over from the tile to the carpeted family room everything stops and so again she kind of chalks it up as an overactive imagination and so she goes to the kitchen she puts on the dog's leash and she opens the door and the dog darts outside and as soon as she can like barely make it through the door the door slams on her foot like completely slams and she's like She's like cussing and she's swearing. (laughs) She's like, what the hell is going on? She's like, I'm over it. So she takes the dog out. The dog goes to the bathroom. They come back inside. And as soon as she opens the door, the stereo system starts blasting music. 
and it was blasting um superstitious yeah and um she was like what the hell is going on because it's like thing after thing after right. thing after thing and she like immediately goes over to the stereo system and at the time it was the stereo system it's not like connected to an ipod or anything right. it's all cds uh-huh. and so she like turns it off and she like opens the cd player and there's nothing in the cd player and she goes to uh superstitious who who's that by again santana um, i think so i'm drawing a blank yeah it might be santana she yeah. opens the jewel case and sure enough the cd is like in the jewel case like in the cabinet so like it, it's like things like that that have just like popped up for my family like over and over i could not if all of that happened to me in one night I wouldn't be staying there the rest of the I night. I know, right? I would have been like, wild. Hey, wild. any family member, hey, any friend, hey, hotel, I'm spending yeah. the night. <laughs> yeah, it's crazy. Yeah. It's insane. That's but. wild. Um, they don't still live in that house. No, we ended up, um, they moved to North Carolina, so they're living there now. Gotcha. Um, and they ended up selling the house. Um, and it, it's just like, it was odd because, like, I don't know when they when they ended up selling the house. My mom was very like um, insistent on me like coming back to the house and saying like, "Hey, let's have one more family dinner here and like right. X Y Z." And I really didn't want to. And I started realizing that it felt like there was there was just negative energy in that house. Right. Like it it wasn't. I don't think it was like a malicious energy, but it just it felt like very depressive and very upsetting. Yeah. And like even in the basement, like obviously basements are very creepy places, and like our basement wasn't finished, and like like we would when they poured the concrete for the house, it almost like looked like there were like faces like in the concrete, which was creepy enough. Yeah. But like any time I was like in that house, I felt like I was like being like energetically drained i feel like i was like really depressed i felt like i had a lot of anxiety and it just like it really like bummed me out and what's even weirder too is that they've been living at this new place for i want to say like almost like four or five years now but i still have reoccurring dreams about this old house reoccurring dreams all the time i don't know what it is about it but i feel like i maybe have some sort of unfinished business there yeah, yeah 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 Well, like you were saying, like two years ago, you didn't really talk about it until recently. So that may be a big part of it. Yeah, absolutely. The Elmo thing is just so funny. It reminds me of like Chucky. The the Elmo thing? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, it's funny because like I was listening to the last episode and you guys were talking about Elmo. And I'm like, holy shit, do I have an Elmo story for you? Wow. Who knew Elmo would be the thing of nightmares? Yeah, is really the good guy of of our world. That's so funny. Well, Claire, thank you for joining me. Yeah, thank you for having me. You can follow Haunted Hometowns on Instagram and Twitter at Haunted Hometowns for photos, guest information, upcoming news. Don't forget to subscribe to the podcast and all your favorite podcasts. Subscribing is what helps podcasts grow and gain popularity. Also, make sure you rate, comment, and share. Tell your friends to listen to Haunted Hometowns for ghost stories. If you'd like your ad to play on the podcast or if you'd like your own personal experience read on the podcast... Email me at hauntedhometownspodcast at gmail.com. Could be anything from having a tea party with your great, great, great grandma to your light bright lighting up on its own after moving into a new house. Let me know. Claire, where can the listeners find (laughs) you and what you're up to? Um, Well, you can find me all around Chicago this October. 
Um, I'll have you be having um, a multitude of shows in the upcoming weeks. Um, I'm always posting them on my social media accounts. So you can find me on Facebook at um, claire.voyant.queen. You can find me on Instagram at claire.voyant.queen. Um, Twitter, underscore claire, underscore voyant. Uh, feel free to reach out, say hello, and let's talk spooky. And she will be tagged on my accounts for haunted hometowns. So make sure you follow them, so they so you know where they're performing for this Halloween season year round. You looking for some ghouls? Always. Always. <laughs> well, that is the end of season two. However, there will be a bonus episode next Friday because how can I not release an episode the Friday before Halloween? So if you have any interest in ghost stories, check out next Friday's bonus episode because everyone loves a ghost story. The music for the podcast is by Tyre. Follow him on Instagram at For Boys Like Me. That's F-O-R, Boys Like Me. The amazing artwork for the podcast is from Pepe Munoz. Follow him on Instagram at p.e.p.e.munoz, M-U-N-O-Z. I got my information from Wikipedia, newspaper.com, Georgia Haunted Houses, Reddit, and Savannah Terrors.